0: Box, this would be the toy inside. Oh, I wanted that one. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Have you ever been to a sex party, Alex Dyson? <laughs> no, I haven't. Nor have
1: I voted for them yet in my life. Um, <laughs> no, neither have I. What wanted... do you ask Matt? Is this is well, is this, is this, is this <laughs> the invite i for a... all the Easy It's
0: not an invite. Um <laughs> It's just that you can <laughs> still do it in Queensland, if you want. Um, they have different rules as opposed to weddings. People are quite angry, you know. Can't have dancing at weddings. Um, you know, got to keep numbers restricted, whereas apparently the uh, restrictions are a little bit different for the sex uh, sex parties. But the uh, there's a there's a safe industry plan put in place for uh, sex on premises venues and adult parties. And, uh, you know, they say, hey, look, it's high risk and it recommends regular cleaning of group rooms. And uh, yeah. well, you know, I hope about... that
1: was pre COVID as well. Come on,
0: <laughs> regular COVID. Well, that's of the thing. Rooms. And, you know, there's record keeping and staff training to mitigate risks. So, I mean, some people are angry if you missed out on your big day, but hey, you could also mm. celebrate a different way. Yeah, well, they were ahead
1: of the curve as well on the mask wearing for many years. And so, I mean, although I'm not sure zippers are, uh, are safe for globules. Uh, but anyway, um, that's good to know. Good on you, Queensland. Uh, keep it it's safe. While getting sexy, yes, Matt and Alex here with you on All Day Breakfast, looking forward to a big show. But it's actually quite an important day today, Matt. So uh, first up, how about we uh, get into it, shall we?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Hope you're having a good one. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the
2: road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast.
0: Well, Alex Dyson, it is the 10th of September, which means that today is Are You OK Day. Now, this is a... Pretty important day any year, but uh, it seems to be a particularly pertinent one this year, given all the happenings that are going on around the world. Yeah,
1: really great initiative. I mean, it, it, it reminds you every year to check in with your mates, ch- uh, check in with your family, ask people how they're going. Uh, but it's one of those things that, you know, you can always go throughout the year.
0: But what a what a great excuse to uh, to check in and make sure that uh, your pals are going all right. Yeah, so there's a few steps on if you are wanting to check in with someone on uh, what you should do. And, and also, before you do check in, be prepared for... Um, an answer that may not be the nicest thing that you've ever wanted to hear or anything like that you know but this is about them and not you so always google and there there are steps that you can take to be prepared for these conversations because they they can be tough um and the steps for asking are you okay the first step is to ask just ask someone are you okay or you can ask things like how are you going what's been happening yeah, exactly. Um, and then be ready to
1: for follow up questions as well. Uh, be able to uh, yeah chat to people about how things have been going, and if it, if it isn't too good, you can encourage action as well. Like, would you, how would you like me to support you? Is a great question to, uh, to chuck in there. Um, but also, they can be really good conversations. People can be going okay. It doesn't. It can be either option, and uh, being not okay is also all right. It's a perfectly acceptable place of being because. Yeah, not everyone goes the best all the time, and things do get better, which is great. But Matt, we've we've asked each other on air before the 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 So, uh,
0: are you okay? Yeah, and I um, I feel very lucky actually at the moment, given what's been going on. Oh God, I get so nervous. You know, in this in this situation, I know it's my heart's beating really. <laughs> but always, like, we talk about tricky. so much stuff on air, and mm. I but like, I'm literally nervous right now. Um, I feel really grateful that um, I have been okay in these past few months, um, almost to the extent that I've I've felt really lucky that, that certain things have happened in my life, so that I have had to step back and have a look at what I was doing. And um, I really do feel almost embarrassed about how work-focused I was before... Um, you know, all this happened and and how willing I was to be away from Belinda and Sophia because I was due to be touring so much. And I just think about all the things that I would have missed and the connection I would have missed with Sophia, my daughter, that I, I, yeah, I just, I'm a little bit ashamed of that almost. And and I, and I want to say that I'll never fall back into that trap again, but I also know that it's easy to, to, you know, make mistakes. So um, I'm really grateful to have had the opportunity. But look, there's a couple of um, downsides that I would say. That is, I've still been working a lot and um, it's, you know, prevented me from being able to, with having to look after Sophia so much as well as work and not have time to do both so much, then I, um, you know, I've, I've missed out on having really meaningful relationships with people. For instance, you know, I I feel bad that I haven't asked you, are you okay or how you've been going. We I haven't really had a, you know, a really great conversation with you for so long because we've been in different cities and we work every day. And it's like I, I keep going, Oh, I need to call Alex and actually just have a chat, like a proper chat, you know, where there's no microphones and there's no work. But I just I'm looking after Sophia and I can't call you then. And then it's like, um, we're working, and then, you know, we can't have that proper one-on-one. So yeah, I feel a bit, a bit down about that. And also, you know, I have been I I do want to reassess my relationship with alcohol more and more. I mean, I don't think it's at a stage yet where it's completely problematic, but the fact that I'll still have you know, I I use it as a crutch after every day, you know, I'll still have a couple of beers after Mm. Sophia goes to bed. And it's such a common parental trap to fall into, you know, once the kids are down, you're like, Oh, how do I, how do I let go of all this steam and energy? And you just fall back on that crutch. So, and you know, and that's a quiet night. And then if it's a weekend, you know, and we've got friends or family around then you know, I'm having Mm. heaps of beers. And so, yeah, I, I just, I know that I need to reassess that part of my life so that I can get back to a stage where I'm feeling truly comfortable with it, um, week in, week out. But I think mm-hmm. overall I'm, I'm, I'm in a pretty happy place and I'm grateful for this show. And, um, and, mm. and yeah, the, the time that we do get to talk, it's always, I'm really grateful the for the fact that we've, got each other in this show and that's been a real bright side of this uh, and the team and it's been a real bright side of this whole period. So you're in a good place with uh with room for tweaks. Yeah, you know, the there's moment. always room to improve yeah. and this is not a new thing yeah. for me either. How about you, mate? Are you okay? Yeah, I am
1: okay. I mean, it's it's funny but, and I'm, you know, everyone would be having similar things in lockdown or totally different things because I don't think there is a, there is a correct way to react in lockdown. But for me, it, it's, so, it certainly has been quite an up and down. Like there's upsides to being at home, home cooked meals. You're watching my grand designs, you know, you, you've got, uh, you've got all your good things, but um, I had a couple of days where it's like, and I've been yeah really, really lucky throughout my life to um, have quite, you know, quite good mental health over the, over the distance where I, like I've never had some, any really bad episodes, but yeah, a couple of weeks ago was probably one of the, the worst that I've had in a while. Cause I, it was where it started manifesting itself a little bit physically. And like my chest was quite tight and I was just annoyed and there was things. And, but it's where, you know, you're annoyed at something, you know, it's not worth this level of annoyance. And for the first time, I actually like, I said to Elle, who, you know, has has been really great, In here, I said to her, I'm struggling at the moment. Like, I'm just having some really negative thoughts. And, you know, obviously, she's, you know, as well as being one of the great supports in there, they're also one of the things, like, I'm taking on her own her issues as well as my own. Like if she's having an issue with, you know, things in the music industry or something like that, I sort of take onto that and I I feel the weight of that as well yeah. as my own weight of things. And, and it's all it's, accumulating. Yeah. And I was like, I think I said the words I need some help at the moment. And I think that was yeah, it was a it was quite a um quite a liberating thing to say. I need some help. It wasn't to a point where I I needed a lot of help, but I just needed I just need to talk I need, I need to vent all these things. And so, yeah, that was, that was a particular time, but yeah. Saying those words, having someone there to help you out of it, you know, and it's, it's tough when, when it's a person's like, i like, I'm trying to explain the feelings that I have. Um, and some of which are about, you know, our relationship and everything. And so it, it's a difficult conversation to have, but it was certainly, um, certainly a really positive one. And I think, yeah, it's, it's worked out really well and, and it's amazing like a week later you can be in such a good place from that totally so, yeah i i've i've found lockdown to be that a little bit of a roller coaster when it comes to uh to these sort of things and um yeah i mean i we're talking here on the podcast now and i've just found that i'm rambling and but I, it's really good to just let this out to you and, oh, yeah. and to you listening i really appreciate you you know following my threads and being there to listen is one of the most important things. And so, yeah, in, answer, in the long <laughs> answer to your question, Matt, I am okay. Thank you very much
0: for asking. That's absolutely what uh, the day is all about. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. And uh, thank you for sharing. You know, it's really important. And, uh, yeah, and thank you for listening as well. You've really, uh, you know, you listening has uh, really been a, a, a ray of sunshine in our, uh, mm. in our lives over these last few months. So thank you so much and uh, we hope you enjoy what we're doing, that you're having as much fun listening as we're having making it because it's a pleasure yeah, every day. exactly.
1: Coffee?
0: Yeah, coffee.
2: A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz.
1: Well, Matt, we better acknowledge the elephant in the room and that is after 14 years and 20 seasons Uh, Keeping up with the Kardashians, uh, the upcoming 20th season will be its final season.
0: Yeah, that's right. Tears around the nation, indeed the world, were shed yesterday when it was announced on uh, Kim Kardashian's Instagram page that it is with heavy hearts that they've decided to make the difficult decision to uh, say goodbye to a show that, as you said, 20 seasons, 250 eps. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And so to mark the occasion, uh, Matt and I thought we'd take a little
1: trip down memory lane and look back at our favourite moments from the TV show.
0: (laughs) Okay, I didn't watch it. (laughs) Sorry. Literally.
1: No, no, I did. And and that (laughs) night of silent reflection by the swamp was one of my favourite
0: episodes. (laughs) No, look, I'm not not going to dis... Something that lasted 14 seasons. I've made one show and it was impossible, okay? It was very difficult. So 20 (laughs) 20 seasons, 14 years. Look, if you liked it, congrats. Order
2: up! Just how you like it. It's perfect. There are some films that I'd like to see up on the silver screen. But I am stuck in my house because of COVID-19.
1: Yes, the dulcet tones of our audio producer, Chris Marsh. They're introducing uh, one of my favourite new segments here on All Day Breakfast, Marshy's Movies.
2: G'day, day Chris. Hi guys. Yeah, it's quite a unique segment in that I don't see any of the movies that we're talking about because I'm stuck in quarantine.
0: <laughs> well, look, I don't see them either, and you are my one-stop shop for all the movie
2: news. Yeah, so, so it's guaranteed uh, to be spoiler-free because I've never seen them.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Well, what's been happening, man? I mean, I hear, uh, yeah, there's there's some big,
2: big, big movies coming out. There's some big movies coming out. There's some interesting news yesterday that dropped from the Oscars. There introducing new diversity standards for their Best Picture Oscar that requires the films to have significant portions of staff and actors from underrepresented racial or ethnic groups, LGBTQ, physical disabilities, deaf, hard of hearing. So not just on screen but also off screen, there are going to be certain benchmarks that you have to hit if you want to be eligible for Best Picture.
0: Wow. Goodness. Well, look. I mean, yeah. I mean, this. It sounds. Uh, people will probably be sort of saying that this is just a simplified solution to a problem. But I am kind of impressed. I mean, I think when it comes to diversity, a lot of people seem to look at gender and race and do forget about disability uh, because there's a real underrepresentation on screen and off screen, particularly off screen. I'm thinking about the crew, and so I think this could be a good thing. When's it going to be starting, Marshy? 2024.
2: So they're encouraging it for the next few years of Oscar nominees, like strongly encouraging it, but it won't be a requirement until 2024. Mm. Is there a, is a worry that it will
1: be tokenistic to start with? What 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 sort of what are you feeling in, in that side of things? Yeah, I
2: mean, it's easy to be a little bit cynical about it and say that it could be tokenistic, but it takes someone to start making a stance to, to try and encourage a change of behaviour in these big studios and in the the movie making public and and what we've seen over the last few years with hashtag all-white Oscars and the lack of female directors and all of these sorts of things that someone's going to have to start taking these steps or it's just not going to happen organically. Mm, Um, So if it does encourage some positive change, that can only be a good thing, I think. Yeah,
1: uh, people have done it in politics as well, and it seems to work well. I mean, it's, I think a lot of it has been based on gender, but, yeah, in the future that could be a way to go. Um, what about Mission Impossible, Marshy, moving on to uh, the seventh in the series? Yeah. Uh, it's, um, Tom Cruise, he
2: wants it to happen, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, they've been madly filming. He, he, they had some footage last week of him jumping off a huge jump on a motorbike and doing all of his crazy stunts. Um, Mission Impossible 7 due to come out next year. But to keep it going in these COVID times, they're shooting in Norway and to try and they're creating kind of like the AFL have, a bit of a hub or a bubble where everyone can stay, including all the crew. And to do that, Tom Cruise has shelled out a million of his own bucks to hire two Norwegian cruise ships. So it's Tom Cruise ship off the coast of Norway where the (laughs) the cast and crew of Mission (laughs) Impossible are all dining. So wait, the Tom Cruise crew cruise. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Off the coast of yeah. the fjords there in Norway. I, I reckon they're a pretty cheap hire at the moment as well, the old cruise ships. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Um, but they don't dock each day. I think you've got to uh, parachute off them and then swim to shore as Mission Impossible likes you to do. Now, this week, movie coming out, talk to us about Bill & Ted. Yeah, the third instalment in the Bill & Ted franchise uh, releases in Australia today. I love Bill It's called Bill & Ted. Ted Face the Music. The last one came out in 1991. Classic, absolute, I mean, you want to talk about Oscars, absolutely
0: (laughs) ripped off that they did not get the back-to-back for Bill and Ted's Excellent Journey and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, two of my favourites.
2: Got a bit of a trailer for uh, Face the Music Here.
0: Bill and Ted, what have you got to say for yourselves?
1: Be
2: excellent to each other and party on, dudes.
1: Supposed to unite the world and save reality as we know it.
2: Bill, we've spent our whole life trying to write the song that will unite the world. Why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? Whoa! And take it from ourselves. But isn't that stealing? How is that stealing if we're stealing
1: it from ourselves, dude? <laughs>
2: So there we go. The story continues from the first two movies. They still haven't written the song that saves the world, but now there's a crunch timeline, so they need to do it by the end of this movie. It's getting lots of good buzz. In fact, it's 81% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, A lot of critics are saying it's actually quite sweet and the message about music uniting the world is quite uplifting in this time. It kind of suits, even though it wasn't planned to come out during a pandemic, it kind of suits the time at the moment and that If you're going to do a sequel 25 years later, this is actually a pretty good job. I tell you what,
1: what are the odds of a sequel coming out this long after and being good? I would say you would have
0: to, you would absolutely (laughs) bet in the house. (laughs) I almost believe that Bill and Ted are real life people and they have a time machine and have come back in time to redo this over and over again until it was good. That's, how, that's what I imagine actually. Because I didn't think it would be good. I thought it would be absolutely destroyed. But you're right. All the headlines. Marshy,
1: I want to talk to you all about Bond because I saw another trailer about this coming out. They've delayed it. Um, what is the What is the latest in the world of 007?
2: Yes, uh, highly anticipated. Bond 25 coming out in November. It's called No Time to Die. Here's the latest trailer. It dropped about a week ago. The past isn't dead. His name is Sefin. And what does he want? Revenge. James Bond. We both eradicate people. I just want to be a little. tidier. The film that not even Daniel Craig wanted to make, uh, <laughs> but they twisted his arm with 25 mil, and so he decided to come back for one last boy.
0: Oh man, Matt, what would you do for 25 mil? <laughs> oh, I'd reprise my role in Monarch Cove. That's I mean anything. <laughs> oh, the wait is coming back. Season 3, 4, 25, whatever it takes. Um wow, that's incredible. 25 films, man. The storyline is quite interesting because is it set that he's not 007 anymore?
2: Yeah, he's retired. And they uh they he they bring him back to take on one last foe played by uh, Rami Malek. Oh, Mr. Robot and Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: Yeah, he looks really good in the trailer. Yeah. And interesting that he's uh, buddied up with uh, Jackie Chan for Rush Hour Five. It's going to be a thing of buddy cop comedy. What is he for really? What last ride? We got no, no, Bill I'm and Ted's. joking. <laughs> oh my god!
0: I was going to say we got Bill and Ted's Rush Hour Five. Oh, I can't <laughs> never wait. Never say never. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that's the never name again. of the twenty sixth. Yeah, yeah <laughs> twenty sixth
1: Bond film. It's coming out in November. But what is the lead up to this? Because it seems like it's just conked
2: over the line. Yeah, there were lots of articles written about that this movie was cursed. In fact, Daniel Craig's come out this year and said that really annoys him. But as we said, he didn't want to do another Bond film and they had to twist his arm with 25 mil. It was originally being written and directed by Danny Boyle from uh, Train Spotting, Slumdog Millionaire. He quit two weeks before production was due to start for Creative Differences with the producers and Daniel Craig. Oh. So then it went to a new writer, which Phoebe Waller-Bridge has pinch hit on this and rewrote it. From Fleabag. Yeah, from Fleabag. Fleabag and crashing, writing, yep. uh, killing Eve. She's, I mean, everything she touches is gold. Yeah, moment. she's killing it at the moment. So she's had to rewrite it. A uh, New director, the guy who directed True Detective, the first season, um, has come in to direct it. Then two weeks into shooting... Daniel Craig broke his ankle on set and so they had to stop. <laughs> then there was a set explosion that blew up the outside of the set they were on in uh, in England and then it was meant to come out in April and coronavirus happened and <laughs> we still don't have it. <laughs> oh, so my it God. it does seem to be a long journey for this one to actually get to our screens. It should have been out a year ago. Um, but we will finally, hopefully, get it in November if the if the curse doesn't strike it down before then.
0: Well, I'm not much of a Bond man myself, but uh, after everything I've just heard there, I'm, I'm intrigued. I might give this one a go. Thank you very much, Marshy, for uh, dropping by. Marshy's Movies, always a pleasure. And We'll catch you next time. See you, guys.
2: All day breakfast They won't let go Once they find a host Then they take over It's pretty gross Deep in your skin Your scalp Or your sheets It's time for Parasite of the Week Ah uh, yes science
1: fans We are back And Chris Marsh Doing some excellent work On today's podcast uh, Parasite of the Week It is time to delve Into the world of nature
0: Matt O'Kine, and And uh, look at the world of parasites Are you excited? How did this segment get another go? What what happened? <laughs> what meeting did Australia's, I miss?
1: Australia's favorite nature segment on podcasts. <laughs> did you know that? Yeah, sure. Well, hit us. What's the po- what's the parasite? Hit us. Um, today's parasite we're looking at is Dicrocolium dendriticum. Um, beautiful thing, and this is this is a quite a good parasite because it goes through a couple of stages. All right. Um, first off, it's otherwise known as the, um, it's otherwise known as the Lancet liver fluke,
0: all right? Oh no, so it's a parasite can we not fluke? talk about liver flukes? Flutes, flukes, <laughs> whatever it is. Um,
1: it starts usually, um, in the liver of its host, usually beef or cattle, all right? Uh, and after mating, uh, in the liver, the eggs are then excreted in the feces of, in this case, let's go with the cow, okay? Uh, now cop this. <laughs> It's in the feces of the cow. It's then usually consumed by its first intermediate host, which is usually a snail, and which then becomes infected by it. The larvae, or myrochidium, drill through the wall of the gut of the snail and settle in the digestive tract where they develop into a juvenile stage. The snail attempts to defend itself by walling the parasite off in cysts, which it then excretes and leaves behind on the grass. So the snail gets rid of it and leaves it in this cyst, which then the second intermediate host comes along. It's an ant, which uses the trail of the snail for um, moisture. But then when it swallows one of these cysts with the parasite in it, it's loaded with hundreds of juvenile lancet flukes and the parasite enters the gut through the body of the ant and then... (laughs) Okay, now you have to follow closely here. Oh, I'm following. Um, It matures, all right, and it takes control of the ant's actions by manipulating its nerves, right? And as the evening approaches and the air cools, the infected ant is drawn away from the other members of the colony upwards towards the top of a blade of grass... And once there, it clamps its jaws onto the top of the blade and stays there until dawn. Afterwards, it goes back to a normal activity at the ant colony. Um, but once it's up there, it's more likely to be eaten by a cow at the top of the blade of grass. And so then cow eats it, gets in the, the liver. The cycle happens mates again. again. It's the circle
0: of life, baby. The of life. Yeah, when's the Disney movie about died Dr. <laughs> Hedron d- parasite thing. Do you know what we've got here? We've just got a grey nomad parasite, okay? It starts off in a big house, right? Big family house, the big cow. Suddenly it's downsizing, okay? The apartment, once the kid's moved out, it's in its little snail, all right? Then it's like, you know what? Let's drop the house altogether. Moves into the little (laughs) ant caravan. Does the whole, you know, trip around Australia slash top of grass. (laughs) I mean, that's what we've got here. We've got the parasite, the grey nomad parasite.
1: Incredible work. And uh, thank you for uh, helping translate that for the layman out there, Matt O'Kine. But there it is. It's a um, one of the a few uh, sort of zombie parasites, as they're called, because it, it controls the mind of the ant and gets it to go up and uh, climb to the top of a leaf. So good on you, uh, the Dichrocolium dendriticum is this week's Parasite of the Week.
2: Parasite of the Week.
0: Thank you, Alex, and thank you to whichever Parasite has uh, taken over Alex as a host and is controlling (laughs) his behaviour so that he keeps putting on this segment. (laughs) Matt and Alex. All
1: Day Breakfast with a cup of tea with a tea bag stuck in it. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah, thank you very much for joining us on Matt and Alex. All day breakfast today. Thanks to Marshy for dropping by, telling us all the movie news. And uh, thank you as well, Alex Dyson, for um, chatting with me about You U OK? Day. Likewise, Matt O'Kine, looking forward to some uh, off-air
1: chats soon as well. Although we were, were about to do one this week and you go, oh, actually, i got a date. I've got a hot date that I'm going to go with. I'm going to bail well, on beers with babi- the boys over when Zoom.
0: When you've got a babysitter, <laughs> you know that these things only happen once every now and then. Sister comes around to babysit. I'm like, bye-bye, lads, I'm out. <laughs> hey, um, look, we made fun of uh, the Kardashians as well earlier today. We're just poking a little bit of fun at them. Uh, no disrespect, honestly. They are... Absolutely they, not. It, you know, it's a dynasty that they've built So congrats to them on a big tenure Yes, 20 seasons in 14
1: years It is an absolute great run You can't put on a show like that, Matt O'Kine Without, uh, without enjoying every single moment And so we thought we'd leave you with an actual montage Of uh, a couple of the, uh, the good times that the family had together Bye-bye
0: I don't like being a celebrity. It doesn't make me happy.
2: Why am I doing this? I'm so miserable. I just can't do it anymore. I don't want to be they your fat ass. They they I'm taking a break from the show. I quit.
0: That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear?
2: All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.